0: Welcome to Shift the Gravity, a podcast of Traders Point Christian Church, where we talk about what it means to be followers of Jesus who shift the gravity of whatever room we walk into. Let's join the conversation.
1: everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're a first-time listener, my name is Aaron Brockett. I'm the lead pastor of uh, Traders Point Christian Church, and I'm joined mm. by my friend Ryan Bramlett. Mm. Ryan, good to have you. It's good to be back with you, man. And uh, we have been talking about influence this whole season of the podcast, and one of the things that we – I don't even know where this sort of originated, um, but several years ago uh, we were talking about the idea that um, as a church if we ceased to exist mm. you know if our doors shut for the final time um, would anybody in the community who didn't who wasn't a part of our church would they notice or would they care mm. and that sort of motivated us then to say you know what we do as a church isn't just relegated to once a Week on a weekend, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where we all gather inside of a building and worship. That's a, an important part of what we do, mm-hmm. but it cannot be the only thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And um, so we really said, what what can we do to make a tangible difference uh, out in the community in the lives of people that may never enter our doors ever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, one of the things, anytime we buy like a grocery store to put a campus in, Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, you know, I'll maybe read some of the comments from the community. And one of the sentiments that will oftentimes get expressed is, you know, churches should pay property taxes and Mm -hmm. however you feel on that. Um, But I will say that uh, we recognize the the gift and the benefit that that is, but we want to give back from that. So, what we we want to be able to um, go out and meet real tangible needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Clothing items, food, make sure that teachers are resourced in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. So it's not just us we certainly never want to just be in a position where we would like be taking from mm-hmm. the community, but mm-hmm. that we would be giving back in significant ways. Mm. So with that said, I've got uh, two women on our staff that are mm-hmm. at the tip of the spear on all of our outreach um, efforts in the community and around the world, mm-hmm. uh, Shannon Garcia and Emily Day. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank um, you. So that was very coordinated. Yeah. That. <laughs> you guys, practiced that. You guys yeah. Yeah. practiced that, didn't you? Hey, um, <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so thrilled to have you on. Uh, why don't you guys tell us just a little bit about um, who you are and your role here.
2: Yep, great. Mm. So, my name is Shannon, and I've been at Trader's Point. Our family has been here since 2010. Mm. Uh, I've been married for almost 13 years. Mm. Uh, my husband immigrated here from Mexico, mm. so we have an intercultural marriage, mm. and I have two kids, Selah, who is 10, mm. and uh, Mateo, who is th- Mm. Eighth, third grade, mm-hmm. third grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm Emily,
0: uh, grew up a preacher's kid, fell mm. in love with the church at a really young age mm. and wanted to serve it. And um, so I went to Bible college and met my husband. Mm. We got married, his name is Josh. We've been married 12 years. We have three kids, mm. a six-year-old daughter named Vera, and then we are foster parents. So we have had a sibling group of boys who are one and three mm. for about a year and a half now. Mm. So, yeah, that's a little Uh, bit about us. And I am our foster and adoption ministry pastor here.
1: Yeah, excellent. I love it. Well, um, what initially, what were some of your experiences? What sparked your interest initially Mm. in outreach?
2: Yeah, I was trying to figure out how do you pack like 30 years of information Mm. into a short period of time. But for me, uh, it really started at a young age. My parents were very proactive, encouraging me and my sisters to get out into the world, to mm. be a blessing, to make a difference, to see the world that God had created and the people that were in it. Mm. Um, so I started doing mission trips from a young age. And then when I was 15, I went to a Christ in Youth Conference, and it mm. was at that conference that God really broke my heart, mm. and uh, I committed to give myself to full-time ministry. I did that, too, at the same age. Yes! yes. 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 Okay, I y-
0: why
1: what, what year was that?
2: Oh. 2000. That would age sense. me. I oh, don't know. 2003. Yeah, I just yeah.
1: about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 2003. You guys are I think, still so me? young, though. I, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because I interned at CIY doing oh. conferences, and I was the missions intern. Did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah, so I was the missions intern for CIY the summer of. Ni- you might have been there. Well, no. It was no. the summer of 1995. So oh, you guys were you probably were in grade school ridiculous. or something. But, yeah. uh, okay. But I remember I had applied to do, I I'd never been on a mission trip before, yeah. so it was my freshman year of Bible college, mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to go on a mission trip, mm-hmm. so I applied, and um, I, I don't even know why I picked it. I think I picked it because it was the longest one, but it yeah. was a month in Russia, <gasps> oh. mm. and then uh, so I got approved to go, raising all the money to go, and a CIY director, the missions director, came to me and he said, Hey, after you get back from Russia with us, because it was going to be all of June, yeah. he said, Do you want to travel with us all of July and go to conferences and be on the team and teach missions? the missions workshop wow. mm. I was like, yes. 19 years old. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> that's and so I went to Russia with him for a month and that's all the missions classes. So I just thought maybe there was a possibility that mm. I changed your life. Mm. <laughs> I don't but think But I realized it that was. this was, it was way God. before. It, it was, was God. God. Yeah. But, I, but God can work through me. Yes. But anyway, Absolutely. Yeah. But this was much, much later. <laughs> this much was in later. the 2000s. In the 2000s. Yes. All
2: right. Yes. So, so
1: thanks for that. I, thanks for indulging me on that rabbit <laughs> trail. That was great. That was a
2: great tangent. Yes. So I, I really thought when I was called to full-time ministry that that meant I was going to be a missionary for the rest of my life. I was, felt very confident in that. Uh, I went to a Christian university. I got my undergrad in intercultural studies and uh, my ASL certification so that I could teach English. And as soon as I graduated college, the next month I moved to Asia. I thought I was going to be there for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was teaching English to college-age students and young adults, and then I was volunteering at mm-hmm. a foster home for special needs kids. And through uh, my first year there, I started interacting with a little boy that my parents then decided to adopt. Wow. And so, because of that, I moved back to the states early um, because I wanted to be here when Daniel joined our family. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? I'm not okay. a missionary, what, what is my next step? God mm. opened the, up the door for me to move here to Indianapolis in 2008. Mm. And I started working for a missions organization on the North side mm. and I was with them for six years and just got to work with their summer internship programs and their long-term missionaries help mm. raise them up and send them out to go make a difference in the world. And then God led me here to staff in 2014. Mm. So I've been here mm. for almost eight years now and in this role in outreach for a year. So it's wow. been really, really awesome. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So for me, uh,
0: working with vulnerable children is personal. My Mm. husband grew up, um, was born to a 16 year old mother Mm. who did not have a lot of support. Um, He was the first one to graduate high school first one to graduate college Mm. and really change the cycle of brokenness. Mm. And he did that because of the people that stepped into his life, that poured into him, um, that said, hey, we're gonna stand in the gap Mm. and uh, we're gonna break this cycle. Mm. And so just seeing the impact, I mean, we would not be here today. I would not have a daughter if it wasn't for that. And mm. so it is personal, but mm. also to show dignity to the bio family. Mm. I think a lot of times, you know, we can come into this world and have a savior complex and save these kids and foster care or vulnerable children. But mm. you know, if a child is vulnerable, That means their family is probably vulnerable. And Mm. so this is a great ministry opportunity to really pour into the bio families as well and to show them dignity. So yeah, it's been a great opportunity and I get to do it every day. I love it. So,
3: Incredible. Um, Would love it if you guys could just take a second and give us a snapshot of what does outreach look like at Traders Point, kind of the structure, the vision, all of it.
2: Yeah. It's so funny when people, I think people are confused by that a lot and Mm -hmm. they'll be like, so what does outreach actually mean? And I'm like, It means a lot of things at Trader's (laughs) Way, actually. But um, we really break it down into four parts that we focus on. So obviously, all of our global outreach efforts, our global partners, the mission trips that we do, Mm. but also our local outreach efforts, what we're doing right here in the community with organizations, Um, also our foster and adoption ministry, which we call FAM, that Mm. Emily is a part of, and then also our crisis response efforts. So when something happens in the U.S. or across the globe, how do we as a church step into that and Mm. respond? and make a difference so we really break it up into four parts and i feel like aaron you kind of even already set it up well you say this a lot but when we talk about outreach at traders point and what we focus on mm. we talk a lot about we want to multiply leaders mm. we want to multiply churches and then we want to meet those tangible needs and for us it's really reaching and making uh, meeting the needs of the most vulnerable which are vulnerable children and their mm. families
1: yeah
4: mm.
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: So our partnerships are a really important part of what we do. So we have local partners, global partners. Yes. Talk a little bit about how we select partners and just how that whole process unfolds.
2: Yeah. Mm. So obviously, yes, like I said, we really look for organizations that mm. are uh, passionate about multiplying the next generation of kingdom workers, so mm. leadership development. Um, are We really come alongside church plants and have a heart to see more churches multiplied, especially mm. in really difficult areas um, mm-hmm. where there aren't many churches. Mm-hmm. And we know that more people need to be reached with the gospel. And then, uh, yes, do they serve with vulnerable children in some capacity? Um, I think for us, we've kind of come up as a team, how do we really stay focused mm-hmm. in what we do? Because mm-hmm. there are so many needs, there yeah. are so many organizations reaching out to us mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And so it would be so easy for us to get really scattered. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to Can not I share this? the first
0: week I started on this team? Him... I realized, oh my word, I get to help people. Like, that's what I get to do all the time. Mm-hmm. But then every day there was a need that would come through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we have to, we have to help mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like, if we don't help them, who's going to help them? And so Shannon really taught me, like, hey, we have a strategy mm-hmm. and we're really intentional about this. Um, and God will, He is sovereign, you know, mm-hmm. someone will help them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to help mm-hmm. every person. Every single, yeah, yeah
2: so, every single need. I think with that though, it's just that we want to maximize the resources yeah. that mm-hmm. God has given. Our church through mm-hmm. our people and their generosity. Yeah. And so, yes, we could do a lot of different things and they're all really good things, but how do we really lean in and maximize our resources to maximize the impact? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to stay super focused on those, the leadership development, the vulnerable kids and the church planting, yeah. but then also we've just come up with some other values as a team that mm-hmm. we really, really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is that we're relational, not transactional. Mm-hmm. I think... Oftentimes in outreach efforts, it's very easy to be transactional, to do a thing. It makes us feel good about ourselves. We can Mm -hmm. pat ourselves on the back for Mm -hmm. that. But we know that real lasting change happens through relationship. Mm -hmm. When we get side to side with people, um, when we lean in and we learn their stories and we uh, share the love of Jesus with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wanna come alongside organizations that take a relational approach, Mm -hmm. um, that really lean into that Mm -hmm. and desire that because we know that's where real lasting change can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that you just talked about a second ago, Emily, was just giving dignity to people. Mm -hmm. I think American churches, we can mean really, really well, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we can actually hurt instead of help the people that we're serving. And I think a lot of times that's because we try to do for them what we could actually empower them to do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we don't give them dignity Mm -hmm. in that process. We strip that from them. And so we really try to come alongside partners that take a holistic approach, Mm -hmm. mental, spiritual, emotional, Physical needs, all of those are connected in a person, um, and so how do we meet all of those needs? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where real, lasting transformation takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just making sure that we're really helping and not and not hurting people, not mm-hmm. creating dependence on us, yeah. um, mm-hmm. when we want to be helping them have a dependence on God.
0: Yeah, 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 and just running to the broken. You mm-hmm. know, that's um, hard, mm-hmm. and it's messy, and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, if we didn't have the gospel, you know, encouraging us to do that, I don't know if we Mm. would, because why, why would you run into the messy, but it is so important. And that's where God uses his strength, um, and through our weakness to love on those. Uh, so yeah, it is an honor and a joy to do it, but it's hard and it's Mm. messy. Mm. Um, but that's where God, yeah,
2: shines. So, yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that we really want to try to remember Mm. uh, with our partnerships and the things that we do as a church is uh, looking. Uh, a long-term approach versus Mm -hmm. just a short-term approach. Mm -hmm. Again, I think it's like our tendency to have short-term fixes and Mm -hmm. if I just throw a little something at Mm -hmm. this, it'll make it better. Um, But we just know that that's not how it always works Mm -hmm. and that when you are stepping into brokenness, Mm -hmm. you do have to take a a long-term approach to that. It can take a long time Mm -hmm. to see real transformation happen in people and Mm -hmm. for them to be empowered with the resources and the tools that they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so we want to step in into uh, ministries that are taking that long term mm. approach. Mm. Um, we just believe that that's so important. Yeah. Mm. yeah.
3: That's so good. And, you know, like Aaron was saying, you guys are tip of the spear on this. You're meeting with people, with partners, with individuals, specific communities, both here in the city and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the, like, When you think about this very unique season that we're in, what are some of the specific needs that you guys are seeing that are coming to the top? And maybe what are some of the unique opportunities that have kind of set us up as a church to meet those needs?
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll start with FAM and then Shannon can kind of share some of our local and global partners. Mm -hmm. But um, So we are actually in the resource center. I don't know if you guys can see in the Mm -hmm. background all the diapers and wipes and uh, car (laughs) seats and strollers. uh, And this is from the generosity of our church. And so we could not do this without you guys. And um, so that is a need that you can give generously, we have things on our Amazon wish list for ten dollars, mm. all the way up to one hundred and fifty. And so, we want to make sure that everybody can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, we also support foster families through Care Communities. So, being a foster parent is hard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more I could say with that, yeah. um, but. If you have community around you, uh, it's a lot easier. And actually, they have found if you have this wraparound support, uh, 50% uh, of foster families will quit after their first placement if they don't have support, but 90% will stay on if they have mm. that wraparound wow. support. Mm. And so, I mean, that number is staggering and mm-hmm. and we want to stand in the foster crisis and help. And so we do that uh, through all different ways. Again, everybody can do something. We have a handyman team. If they're handy, they can come and help. Um, I noticed that with the list house. didn't get yes. put-
3: to me, and Uh-oh. I'm curious as yeah. to why I didn't get asked to be part of that service. <laughs> oh, I mean, right.
0: I, there's still room. Okay. so Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I don't think you. I would trust. Oh, okay. With I mean,
3: that, that's fair. Well. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> as a foster parent, I would take any help. Okay. So, <laughs> like, come on. Um, but also meals. You know, one less meal you have to think about throughout the week. You can help provide a meal, yeah. uh, childcare, transportation, all of that. Everybody can do something. Hmm. Um, so those are some ways we also want to support people that work in child welfare. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a very hard, thankless job. Mm -hmm. And so um, supporting them, we get the opportunity to provide lunch for them once a month, which is really exciting and just love on them Mm -hmm. um, and say, hey, we see you Mm -hmm. and we know this is hard and we're here with you, Mm -hmm. um, championing you. So uh, yeah, those are some ways that you can serve with FAM, but you wanna Mm -hmm. talk about local opportunities, even through Rooted, what we've got to see.
2: Yeah, I think I think the cool thing that I've been able to see since I've been in this role is just the heart that all of us really have to help the people inside the walls of Trader's Point Mm. be able to make a difference outside the walls Mm. of Trader's Point. Um, Again, Emily said she gets all the needs and she wants to do them all herself. And I'm like, no, that's why we have the body of Christ. Um, Mm. We want to engage all of the people at all of our campuses to feel like they have a part to play and that they can make Mm -hmm. a difference. And so I get really excited just about the local outreach efforts, the way that we're coming alongside some of our local partners um, that are doing a variety of different things from supporting those uh, that are a part of trafficking Mm -hmm. and trying to help provide them with resources to those working in some of our poorer communities Mm -hmm. of Indianapolis to see real lasting change, um, working alongside vulnerable kids in a variety of different capacities, working with the homeless. And so Mm -hmm. the needs are great. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just helping people be aware of what those needs are and that they can actually do something about it themselves. Um, And so I get really excited. Rooted has started here at Traders Point. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Helping people... Just giving it to them, hey, here are all of our partners that we come Mm -hmm. alongside, that we believe in, that we support, that we're excited about, and we've already created the opportunities for you, and now you get to go out together as a group and serve and uh, engage with a partner and help meet Mm -hmm. a tangible need. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really awesome. And we've seen so many really great things come out of that because then people are taking next steps Mm -hmm. um, in Mm -hmm. serving, whether that's here inside the Walls of Traders Point or with a partner outside the Walls. So that's been really, really exciting, too.
0: Yeah, it's been really cool to see um, a rooted serve opportunity is to make a care package for a child welfare fair worker. Mm-hmm. And so we've had people that have started there, started small, and now they have so much skin in the game because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, we want to do more. Mm-hmm. We want to support this. So that's been so fun to just walk yeah. alongside and see those people taking that next step. Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so great. Um, are there any stories recently that have kind of come mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. Uh, your guys' office where you're like, man, this is so cool. This is why we do what we do. It's just really encouraged you.
0: Yeah. All the time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It is so fun. So Uh, so I'll start. We had a little girl, Belle. She had her fifth birthday party. um, And for her birthday, she had read a story about a princess that provided supplies uh, and needs to the village. Um, And instead of collecting presents for herself for her birthday, she wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. And so Belle saw this and said... I want to give back. Mm -hmm. And for her fifth birthday, instead of uh, receiving gifts from friends, she actually asked them to bring in diapers and wipes for our resource center. Mm -hmm. And so Belle got to come with her mom to the resource center right here where we are and drop off um, boxes of diapers and wipes. And she's five years old. So mm-hmm. I love that story because it's like any age, mm-hmm. you know, at five years old, at 75, mm-hmm. you can do something to make a difference. So mm. wow. will you tell them about the blanket ladies, too? The blanket, <laughs> the blanket ladies, ladies are amazing. Mm-hmm. OK, so uh, we have a thing called journey bags mm-hmm. and a journey bag is given to a child on the first day they're removed from their home to enter foster care. And I just want mm-hmm. you to think about how vulnerable that mm-hmm. is for a moment. I mean, think back to if that was you, you know you're in your house and unfortunately because of circumstances you have to be removed and a lot of times they don't get to take anything with them mm-hmm. and so you're going to a stranger's house you have nothing but the clothes on your back mm-hmm. uh, and just how vulnerable and terrifying that is and so we get the opportunity on that first day to provide a journey bag for them that has some hygiene products in mm-hmm. it but it also has a homemade blanket uh, that we give them and that blanket is there to help just provide that security mm-hmm. for them um, and we actually have mm-hmm women in our church that make those blankets. So Mm. they come every other Friday to our Northwest campus. It's a big party. They're Mm. here for two hours Mm -hmm. in the morning. It's so fun and they, yeah, just help make blankets. And it's been great for them too because Mm. they get that community Mm. um, and get to be together, but also to serve the most vulnerable, so Yeah. yeah.
2: And those blankets aren't even just going to journey bags because now they're also going to a local hospital Mm -hmm. that we're Mm -hmm. able to get blankets to as well. So the impact reaches more than just the journey bags. but. Yeah. That's super fun. Mm. Uh, One story that I would share that has really stuck out to me this year, and it came out of a rooted group. Mm. Uh, So we had a group that decided that they wanted to engage with one of our partners, Ascent 121, Mm -hmm. who works with victims of trafficking. And they were really apprehensive for a variety of reasons. Um, They didn't know much about trafficking or that it even existed in Indianapolis, yeah. um, you know, they just didn't really know what to expect. But Ascent 121 does this prayer journey. You go to different parts of the city and you pray mm. over buildings and places that they reach. And so this group went all together and mm. they started making these stops in the city and they started getting out and praying together. And they went to one location and they got out and they started praying. And some of the people from the location came out like a little concerned, like, who are these people and what are they doing? Mm. And they were like, oh, so, you know, they explained we're with Ascent 121 mm-hmm. and we're praying. And they're like, oh my goodness, we love them. We love mm-hmm. what they do. We love what they're about. Um, they have just done so much for us. So mm-hmm. they jumped in with this rooted group oh. and started praying all together, mm-hmm. uh, just right there on the street, which I thought was awesome. But then one of the ladies in that group mm-hmm. was so moved and her heart was so broken by the experience mm-hmm. that she was like, I've got to do more. And so she said, I'm going to like do a donation drive in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then, in- encourage all of my neighbors to start gathering supplies that Ascent 121 needs. So she did. And then one of the neighbors in her neighborhood works for CVS. And so that person was like, well, I can get you tons of items. So then they just started collecting boxes and boxes of items Mm -hmm. um, that she was able to get from CVS to donate to Ascent 121. And so I always tell our team, like, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. When we can give people an easy way mm-hmm. to experience a need around them mm-hmm. if we can encourage them to pray and have their heart broken for that need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're so moved by it that they want to take a next step. And then they take it a step further and they involve the people mm-hmm. in their lives and mobilize those around them to also make a difference. Mm-hmm. That to me just fills me up and gets me so excited. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um so that's been a huge, a huge win for me this year. It's mm-hmm. awesome.
3: That's so good. And I know You know everything that you guys are saying—serving, loving, meeting the needs of of vulnerable uh, people, kids, families. No one's like, "Oh, I don't want to do that." (laughs) Like we all feel compelled to do that, but at the same time, we know that. There's a lot of people that aren't, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of reasons or maybe even excuses come up with like, I want to, but I but I just can't right now. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the big ones that you guys hear? And then how would you respond to those right now?
2: Yeah, our team thought through a lot of those barriers mm-hmm. when we first started, hey, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna build momentum in outreach at Traders Point? And I would say the top three mm-hmm. that we've talked about are I'm too busy, mm-hmm. uh, I have a fear of interaction with people that are different than me. And then I'm just not really sure if I have the knowledge or experience that I need to do it. There are lots, but those are the top three that we probably hear most commonly. Mm. So I told Aaron and Ryan that I was going to throw this back on them Mm. and they get to be in the hot seat. But Aaron, what would you say to people that say, I'm just too busy, I don't have the time?
1: Well, I think, yeah, that would, all of us are busy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, um, Uh, recognizing, like, you know, we make time for the things that really matter, right? Like that's true for all of us. So uh, we all have a fixed amount of time on the calendar. Mm -hmm. And I think um, breaking it down to even say, well, you know, what about once a month Mm -hmm. or once every other couple of weeks or whatever, could we take uh, an afternoon and commit it to this? So I think I would say, I understand it. I think Mm -hmm. all of us are busy. I think all of us could probably use that excuse. Um, But to say, we usually prioritize prioritize the things that matter most to us. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. How was that response, Shannon? That was great. Yeah, I a an A plus. Yeah. Yeah. You get an A plus, you're gonna, you're gonna plus for that answer. That?
2: <laughs> no, but I was also thinking like for those that are uh, parents or have kids, <laughs> like involve them yeah. in yes. the process, make yes. it a family thing. We have yes. so many ways that families can engage. Mm. Um, and I think, man, when you start with your kids at a young age, I mean, I'm a product of that because yeah. my parents started – engaging us in that as kids, Mm -hmm. um, it broke our heart for it early on. So I'm also just really passionate about like make time together as a family to do it, even if it is just like once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I I, I mean, one of my like favorite, uh, moments with, you know, two of my kids, uh, when Campbell was 12, she's 18 now, but when she was 12, I went to, um, Cape town, South Africa on a mission trip. And so I took her with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was the furthest away. I mean, that's way down there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hole. And we were in uh, the slums at Cape town Mm -hmm. and, you know, she, you know, stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, Mm, she's, it was this little blonde headed girl, blue eyes, you know, I mean, everybody was, and and I've got these amazing pictures with her, like, you know, sitting in the streets with these kids. Mm -hmm. And she was really impacted by that time. Mm -hmm. And then a few years ago, whenever we did uh, the child sponsorships through compassion on Easter, Mm -hmm. um, Connor and I went to South America to to visit the community that our church kind of sponsored mm. and get to meet a couple of our sponsored kids uh, through that. And just anytime, any time, and those are mission trips, but obviously there can be local stuff that mm. we might even be able to do a, lot, a whole lot easier. But I think as a parent, even like looking for those real defining moments to in get your kids in that environment,
3: mm.
1: um, because I think that it gives them perspective. Yeah. Mm. Gets them away from their screens, yes, yes. helps them to see that, you know, how blessed they really are. It's really those really defining moments when you can serve together. I know that we have a lot of families that will go down to like Wheeler Mission mm-hmm. and serve together periodically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think just yeah, you have to be strategic Mm-hmm. And you have to be pretty disciplined. You got to like put it on the calendar mm-hmm. and say, hey, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. Uh, I mean, we obviously at times do that with like family movie night, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, but could we could we prioritize that time for our family?
0: Yeah. Um, and another opportunity is right here in the resource center to be able to serve as a family and take what's in this room to a vulnerable family vulnerable family and Mm -hmm. I've gotten to do that when my daughter you know is three we're Mm -hmm. starting that conversation which is really cool but she is also when they are serving at a young age it's going to compel them to continue to serve Mm -hmm. you know on into adult adulthood and that's why it's so important to like what they are seeing you do right now they will model and so if you make that service a priority
2: like they're going to do that too Mm -hmm. so because they're going to see the change in you Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Okay. That Mm. was a little tangent, but Mm. now Ryan, you are in the hot seat. Mm. So the barrier of, I have a fear of Mm. interacting with people that are different than me. I know that you just had the opportunity to go overseas for the very first time to Kenya. Did you have any of those fears and maybe like, what did God teach you through that? Ryan, have you ever left the West side? No. First of all.
3: Okay. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Let's talk about that. (laughs) It was a big jump for me. Uh, Yeah. I left Indy maybe Twice before going to <laughs> Africa, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, there was definitely a lot of fear of that. Of I kind of pride myself in you know being from India, um, but at the same time, I grew up in a pretty large school, very diverse school, which helped me interact with a lot of different people, which I I still hold to like it was an amazing experience that I got. But when I started to begin to think about, okay, this isn't Indy. This isn't from the west side of (laughs) Indy to the east side of Indy. This is to Africa, to Kenya, where there's different languages, different Mm -hmm. cultures. And I'm such a uh, very sensitive to like, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't want to disrespect anyone for sure. And I was just like, I'm going to probably mess this thing up horribly. And I was really overwhelmed going over there. But once I got there... It's and and this is just my experience, but um, there are so many things that are universal that really kind of the, all those fears a lot of them dissipated mm. once I got there and began to interact. Of like kindness works across the globe, um, mm. connecting with people, listening, caring about what they are, and then you pick up the little cues and and you do drop a few things, but most people are very gracious mm. with the fact so. I would say a week in. I've only had one mission trip, um, but it, just getting in there, it did. It was those fears dissipated once I got into it for sure, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to go back. And we have an incredible partner in in Kenya, Mohi, which I know we're going to do some a uh, little sneak peek more stuff with them in the future. But it was eye opening to see, you know, the slums of Kenya, but then to see the faith of people outside of this country who just had a a yearning and a vision that God would come and meet the needs of his people there and just started with starting one school. Mm. And then it just grew and it grew and it grew. And now they have like 30 schools, they're reaching almost 30,000 kids. And not only just a school, it is a Christian school where they're teaching the gospel and they're planting churches. And they have this vision to reach mm. 100 schools and 100 churches and 100,000 kids. And it was just like, yeah. it really set a fire in me. Um, and it was just that old cliche of like, when you go to step out, you are definitely impacted just as much, if not more, than the people you go to serve.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's what you weren't relying on your own power. Mm. You know, you were completely out of your comfort zone. And again, yes. that's where God is going to show up. And that's mm. where he's going to move when we get out of the
2: way mm. and we have to be dependent on him. So that's yeah, good. that's all. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. There's a book that our team just uh, read recently together called When Helping Hurts. Mm-hmm. But in that book, it really explains a theology of poverty. But like, because of our brokenness, we are all in poverty in some mm-hmm. way, right? With God, with each other, with ourselves, and then with creation. And so when you do go and interact with someone that's different than you, like mm-hmm. you said, we are all the same mm-hmm. um, because we're all before mm-hmm. the cross, um, mm-hmm. we all need Jesus. Mm. And so I think once you push yourself out of your comfort zone and actually do it, yep. absolutely, you realize, mm. oh, they taught me way more mm-hmm. than I was even able to teach them mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. So,
1: yeah. well, yeah. And even in those experiences, I mean, uh, I'm sure you guys have been overseas and in, in maybe a slum setting, mm-hmm. very similar to like Kenya. And I think that, you know, the, thing that always stands out to me the most is like when you're in like extreme poverty Mm -hmm. and we're talking like mud streets Mm -hmm. shanties Mm -hmm. no electricity no running water sewage running down the uh, outside of these Mm -hmm. homes little kids playing in sewage Mm -hmm. and you're just stunned and then what stuns you even more is the joy of the people that are living in those circumstances Mm -hmm. And you're going, okay, I'm in poverty. Yes. Like if I, with all the stuff that we have and I can't be joyful, like I'm complaining about whatever. So what I would always encourage, I would highly encourage anybody who's never been overseas, who's never been on a mission trip to go with us to a place like Kenya. We have others, Mm -hmm. but Kenya is great for a lot of different reasons, but, um, it gives you perspective. Mm. So it gets you out. So anytime anybody's just like, well, I'm really nervous to go overseas or go on a mission trip. I'm like, you're the perfect candidate. You know, it's like you go over because you're going to get in a new environment. It kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, CS Lewis said, pain is the megaphone of God. Mm. Mm. I think when you get into a different cultural setting, it helps you to hear God's voice much clearer. Mm-hmm. You're stripped of everything. Definitely. You're uncomfortable. You're not. You're eating strange food. You're um, uh, smelling smell strange smells never smelled that you've before. never <laughs> smelled before. Yes, uh, you're, hearing, you're hearing languages. Mm-hmm. You're um, you know cultural customs. Uh, 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 everything is turned upside down. Yeah. And, so it, and and so what that does? It's uncomfortable but there's something that's really clarifying about it where you hear God's voice very clearly in mm-hmm. that. We we don't go over to Kenya on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. Um to help them. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're basically I you know we we encourage them. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so encouraged that we would come. Mm-hmm. Like they're like you would come from the United States all they know how far it is. Yeah. All that way just to meet us and to mm-hmm. encourage us mm-hmm. and then they just they're, you, so you're, we're encouraging them mm-hmm. but they're impacting us way more than we're impacting mm-hmm. them yeah. um, but the needs are so great there and the the local leaders there are so amazing mm-hmm. and so I think it's just a privilege for us to be able just to come alongside them and help them do what they mm-hmm. do because yep. um, we, we want to empower the local leaders to be the ones that make the difference in mm-hmm. those communities.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. and I was going to say, if somebody is like I, I hear people, obviously there are some people that can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. They, for whatever reason, yeah. they can't actually go overseas. Um, I think one of the really cool things that we've been able to do as a church is a, a local mission trip experience. Mm-hmm. So if people are like, I'm too scared right now to mm-hmm. take that step and go overseas, this is a great first mm-hmm. step in just engaging in your own city and mm-hmm. the needs that are right here in the city. But also I just Always want people to know that there are so many different ways that you can be a part of what God is doing. Hmm. You can pray, you can give your resources, hmm. you can uh, you can mobilize other people, you can hmm. invite other people into it with yeah. you. So there are just so many different ways. I think there's never really an excuse for us not to do something hmm. um, because God has given us lots of different ways to to hmm. actually do something. Yeah. Um, so okay, last one, Emily. Okay. Hmm. I don't have the knowledge or the experience that I need to be able to do this. What would you say?
0: Yeah, I feel like that is very real and Mm. we can be scared because, yeah, we don't wanna mess up. We don't have the knowledge. Uh, But Jason Johnson, he's a pastor, adoptive dad, foster dad. And he says, when you serve the vulnerable, uh, when you step outside, the gospel is put on display Mm. through that. Um, And the gospel will sustain you. Mm -hmm in that. Um and it is it's our why, it's why we do it. And I have felt that so much. Um, you know, it it's why I was called to do it the gospel has helped sustain me mm-hmm. through it through the hard when I don't want to do it and because of that um, it has been put on display mm-hmm. and it's been a great opportunity to share God and actually um, we work with a, a organization that really believes in faith communities and mm-hmm. they said that uh, adoptive Christians are twice as likely to adopt and three times as likely to foster kids mm-hmm. and um, it's because we've been compelled to do that through the gospel. And Mm -hmm. so it is so important um, and it is an honor and a privilege to be able to serve the vulnerable, so. Mm.
1: Yeah, I love that one last kind of of question before we begin to wrap up, Uh, you know, holidays are around the corner. That's hard to believe. I was Mm. at Costco the other day and I literally saw Christmas trees. I was like, this is stunning. And I I think that was in August, actually, whenever I saw that. But holidays are right (laughs) around the corner. Uh, Obviously, we know that that means um, big needs in the community. Mm. Mm. So what are some ways that we're gearing up as a church to meet those needs and how can people be involved? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited in November and December to have two ways that our people can respond Mm. and make a difference in the lives of vulnerable kids. Uh, One is right here in Indianapolis and the other is working with mm-hmm. our partner, Missions of Hope in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So in late November, we're gonna have a child sponsorship event yeah, yeah. Uh, with mm-hmm. Missions of Hope, super excited for that. You talked about compassion mm-hmm. and like man getting to meet uh, the kids that you sponsor. And so I'm really excited for our church to be able to step up in this way and say, hey, yeah, we'll come alongside uh, giving financially to this child mm-hmm. on a monthly basis so that they can have the education and mm-hmm. all of the things that they need to be able to have a healthy life. Um, but then go on a mission trip with us to Kenya. Um, moving forward, yeah. um, mm-hmm. we have two coming up in 2023 and so I'm excited for people to yeah. then maybe take that next step and go and meet the kids that they mm. get to sponsor. Aww. So that's really awesome. And then, uh, during Christmas, we're going to be partnering again with shepherd community center. They do a Christmas store for their neighborhood families. They mm-hmm. do it in a great way that brings dignity to those parents. Yeah. Um, they get to come in, uh, they pay a small fee to shop in the store and then they get to pick out the gifts for their kids. So it just offers a lot of hope mm-hmm. to families during the Christmas Season, so we uh, we were able to as a church respond in a big way last yeah. year, yeah. but we're gonna do we're gonna go bigger because that's mm-hmm. yeah, me yeah. and bigger. Come on, we can yeah. do more. Yeah. So we're gonna be able to provide even more items for them this year. So we're excited about that.
0: And that's a great way to interact with the whole family. You know, mm-hmm. take your kids to the store. I know it's so easy and Amazon is incredible to just order on your phone, but mm-hmm. make an event of this. Go into a store yeah. and yeah. buy a present. Let your kids pick it out because uh, they'll remember that it'll be pretty impactful. Yeah, so
3: yeah. We did that last year yeah. and it was beautiful. It was hard at first because you're in the toy aisle and explaining yeah, to everything. them that like, yeah. this, is, this not is not for you. you. <laughs> but once you get them past that space of no, but yeah. really think about what you would want, Yeah, but you're not going to get it, yes. but what <laughs> yes. you would want if yes. you were them. But yeah. those are still some of the stuff that our family talks about our kids from packing journey bags to yes. going shopping for, yeah. the, for the store. It's, it is impactful and lasting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would encourage to... Um, jump in in these holidays. Uh, We are in a time where, like you guys have been saying this whole time, there are so many opportunities. And every serving opportunity that I've ever been a part of, it really opens the door for gospel-centered conversations to be able to lead to the why of why we are here. That's why I love your guys' approach to it. Relational over transactional. Mm -hmm. Transactional does not lead to that side of a conversation. So, Yeah. 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 Any... Last minute thoughts, ideas, quotes, (laughs) A
2: wise quote. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I I probably
1: have all the wisdom tapped out of me. (laughs) Ladies, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you joining us and appreciate what you do uh, for our team and for our church, the way you're leading the way, you're crushing it. So thank you guys. Um, Please uh, like, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and family. It's how we get the word out. And this has been great, guys. We will see you next time.